0: Learn how at usps.com/advantage. USPS Ground Advantage: Simple, affordable, reliable Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the. Must not take yourself too seriously, and six-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, "Hey!" <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 2097, Travel, Tourism, and Living Abroad, by Jacob Lund Fisker of EarlyRetirementExtreme.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. If you didn't know already, we have a bunch of shows reading blogs for you. Just search for Optimal Living Daily to find all of them. But for now, let's get to today's post as we optimize your life. Travel, tourism, and living abroad by Jacob Lund Fisker of earlyretirementextreme.com. A couple of weeks ago, I posted the controversial statement that travel is not worth it. This elicited many comments, and so it's obviously something people feel strongly about. I think, therefore, I should clarify things a bit. First, some definitions. Travel, the process of getting from point A to point B. Tourism, using the World Tourism Organization's definition, tourism is traveling to some place and being away from home for more than 24 hours and less than one year and not being remunerated from the destination. Being away for longer than one year while being paid would not be tourism. Living abroad, moving your permanent address to another country and staying there long enough to learn the language, read the newspapers, get local friends, work, go to local doctors, file taxes, and so on. By law of the excluded middle, it should be longer than a year. In a stretch, the case can probably be made that if you are only home for a few days a year or not at all, you're really living abroad even if you have not set up a permanent address. It's clear to me that unremunerated tourism is a leisure activity, whether it's to see the attractions, study museums, hang out on bars, climb mountains, or scuba dive. I also suspect that what Johnny H. said in a comment is somewhat true namely that tourism has turned into a way to pursue status and social currency in terms of the destinations people have been to, much like the younger crowd gains currency by attending concerts, and the older crowd gains currency by adding rooms to their houses and granite to their countertops. I don't dispute that engaging in these activities are inherently valuable to some, but I think that claiming that there's a process of personal growth involved or that you're gaining memories that can never be taken away, are overrated in the sense that it's not some kind of universal truth. Forsooth, the fact that someone completed Halo 2 is also something that cannot be taken away. I completed TIE Fighter and Quake on the hardest level. My legend will live forever. To be honest, I think very many engage in these activities because all their friends do, because the travel magazines and blogs tell them it's awesome and because air travel allowed people to get everywhere without cutting many, if any, lines. In short, travel became a safe, non-committing consumer product. Having been to the other side of the world no longer means braving mountain ranges, running out of food, or being chased by bandits. It just means a plane ticket and a bus ticket and eating an authentic dish of drunken shrimp. Indeed, travel no longer requires the same level of resourcefulness it used to. Many have gone before you and many are probably going along with you. I suspect for many, it's just another consumer choice that has to do with the novelty of the surroundings rather than the novelty of buying a new gadget or the novelty of buying a new status symbol. From this alone, I can tell you that travel mainly attract the extroverted SP types. Verily, we have agreed that hoarding stuff is nothing to be proud of. Yet hoarding worldly experiences that's somehow an improvement, huh? Travel in itself is the process of getting from point A to point B. It's a skill to be learned, but it's not remarkably difficult to buy a ticket, get into a vehicle of transportation of some kind, and then find a place to stay at the destination. Indeed, the first time it could be a little scary, but after a while, one realizes that there is little to it, like public speaking. Most travel happens this way, involving tickets and room and board. I therefore claim that anyone who can buy a bus ticket can travel to other countries as the principles are pretty much the same. This is not true for everyone, but it's true for most people. Don't put your tourism on your resume just as you wouldn't put your hobbies on your resume. All this shows me is that you have a bankroll and that you're willing to spend on tickets instead of computer gadgets or hubcaps. I think it's more educational to, for instance, travel by foot, motorcycle, bicycle, car or sailboat than it is to travel by bus, ferry, or jet plane since you'll also be responsible for the mode of transportation. If nothing else, you'll learn that A, the planet is really, really big, and B, how to keep, say, a motorcycle running. This is the main thing that attracts me to cruising, sailing the boat and keeping it going. It's also a way to gain a better sense of distance, particularly with the slower modes. I highly recommend living abroad though, out of which traveling is a very, very small part. That is a couple of days of getting there versus a few years or more of being there. I've lived in three different countries, Denmark for 24 years, Switzerland for four years, and the United States for six years. And it certainly widens one's perspective in ways that cannot be done by visiting someplace for a couple of months while hanging out in bars. Specifically, it gives you a different point of view on the country you're visiting and a new point of view on the country you came from. More importantly, it will reveal that people are more similar than different. Accountants in different countries will have more in common with each other than they will with school teachers from their own country. But that countries do have their souls and quirks. In particular, most people around the world would much prefer if they could just get on with their daily lives. The best way to live abroad is through your career whether that's part of a company's plans or your own plans. Travel writer, traveling carpenter. You can start early after high school and go to school in another country. I would not do this if I had to pay excessively to do so. If this was the case, I would get my training in my own country and apply with transnational companies that like to ship their people around the world. Academically, particularly the sciences will gladly hire foreign researchers. I still have a letter from the Swiss National Science Foundation that will pay me to work at another university anywhere in the world for a year. I know that Japan used to take in foreign postdocs after PhD. That is, there would be extra money in the grants specifically if you were a foreigner. For medical doctors, there are doctors without borders and similar for volunteers, teachers, etc. The Peace Corps, ships hire able seamen, etc. The point being that if you have skills, someone will pay you while you're out in the world. And that is the way to go about it, not tourism. Until I quit my career, I had never paid for a plane ticket with my own money. Even relocation was paid. To see the world get the skills first, then travel, not the other way around. The world has enough bartenders, maids, dishwashers, ski guides, and other unskilled labor but it can always use another techie, teacher, doctor, mechanic, etc. So once you got that diploma or whatever it is you need to get hired, do look into opportunities in other countries as well. And yes, if you can, you could move, excuse me, travel there before you find it. But moving without the skills is a hassle. You just listened to the post titled, Travel, Tourism, and Living Abroad While I do think Jacob makes some great points here, have you ever met someone who has never left their hometown? I have, and I think even if you're experiencing the world through consumer led tourism, it's still better than not traveling at all. Some don't travel by choice, and others because they don't have the resources, but staying put in one place has just as much influence on your mindset as living your life as a nomad. Most of us don't live on the extremes, though and regardless of your reasons for wanting to experience a new place, I think you'll be better for it. I used to think that I wanted to be a digital nomad because I met a number of people who made it look really cool. And then in 2017, I walked the Camino, which is a 500-mile trek across Spain. I slept in a different bed every night, and the experience of living for two months without a home base helps me put to bed my nomadic dreams. I love to travel and experience new places, but I also really love the feeling of coming home. I took 10 trips this year, and every time I came home, I got the warmest welcome from my pets and family. My dog buddy loses his mind when I come home, and I savor his excitement every single time. There are many reasons why going somewhere else is a good idea, especially if it can help us appreciate how good we have it when we come back to the place we're at right now. And that will do it for today. Have a great day and weekend. Thank you for listening. And I'll be back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.